Hello and welcome. You are listening to Going Guilty Podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Greg. And this week we're doing a slightly different episode. We're going back to our kind of paranormally extraterrestrial vibes and I believe we're covering a alien incident. Is that right, Greg? We are, we are. We're doing possibly the most famous alien sighting or incident, I think is probably the best way to describe it, in American <laughs> history, which is the Roswell incident. And interestingly, I actually learned about this in school, in my history class. Really? Not 100% sure why. It's quite weird. It's quite weird that we did this. But yeah, I enjoyed kind of researching, going back through a lot of this stuff. And some of it's like pretty far-fetched, but obviously we'll just talk about it all. It is actually massively debunked. So it's, there might be some listeners that really believe that uh, this was an extraterrestrial event. But I think for the majority of people, they feel like this has been explained now. But we'll talk through it anyway, because it's kind of interesting anyway, from like a human psychology side of things, how something like this can unravel. But yeah, before we before we talk about all things aliens, how are you doing, Georgia? I'm I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm feeling a little bit ropey. I think I had one too many beers last night. (laughs) Um, But. I went and visited Cheltenham and saw Ramesh Ranganathan, the comedian, with a couple friends last night, which was so much fun. He's su- he was such an ex- excellent performer. We like were watching him. Like he just held the crowd. He was so good. And I don't think he. I think he said the word um once or twice. Which you know, as as like us doing podcasts and stuff where we edit our recordings. Like I realize how many times I like hesitate or say um and all of this. Oh, I and, love it. It's just, he was so good, yeah. Really good, really, really, yeah. And then today we, uh, on my way back, we wandered around some wetlands and saw some birds, really, which was quite, quite good on a hangover sort of day. Yeah, Yeah. you've been on, you've been on my home turf, basically, for people that are unaware, the place that Georgia went to watch that performance and the wetlands she visited today are back in Gloucestershire, which is my hometown. Yeah, we did. You got to experience a, a little bit of my of my home life. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. Even by the way, I don't think I ever watched stand up comedy in Cheltenham. I think I've been to the wetlands maybe once, and uh, <laughs> and and you said that you went to the the famous Gloucester services, which, while acknowledging they're very famous, I've never been to. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, just outside of like Gloucester, there's this farm shop service station and luke and i always seem to go there like we it's just not that we buy anything because it's all bloody expensive but (laughs) it's kind of really good like mooching you kind of it's just really enjoyable to walk around um and then kind of pick out all the things that you wish you'd be able to afford but can't (laughs) sadly (laughs) very like eco isn't it very environmentally Mm -hmm. friendly sort of stuff yeah yeah like home like it's really good produce. It's really like really good quality food, but yeah, just kind of look at it. <laughs> nice. How about you? How have you been? Yeah, all is good on my end. I visited the market today. I also should be really hungover, but I feel mm. fine, which is weird because I'm like, when is this going to catch up with me? Oh, Hopefully not when I'm back at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I went went to the market this morning and there were lots of people in good spirits, so that's always good. And I got myself some nice 
fresh oranges and I got nice. some Welsh cakes. And it was quite funny. The women that were serving me were saying they're actually gluten intolerant and they are employed by their grandson or something. And he, they think that he's employed them because they can't eat the merchandise. Which tickled <laughs> me. My gosh, that is that is Mark. That's business. That is that is. That's good business model. Good business model. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and then other than that, I went to Bath yesterday, which for people that aren't aware is like a very quaint British historic town city. City. Yeah, very historical. Yeah, city. City. I want to say city. But yeah, it's really nice in Bath, isn't it? It's all kind of like limestoney architecture. It's yeah, really nice. Yeah. Very middle class, very middle class. A lot of posh people, but yeah. I managed to blend in for a day and <laughs> didn't get called out. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, so it's been life's been good, life's been busy, but life is good, and that is the main good. thing. Good, that is what's important. Indeed, it is. Indeed. Shall we jump in to this week's episode? Yeah, let's do it. So actually, let's ask the let's ask the million dollar question right up at the beginning, Georgia. Yes. Where do you stand on aliens? Are you a believer? Are you a a non-believer? I yeah, I I believe in aliens. I I think that the universe is so massive that it would seem silly not to think that something similar to Earth is existing somewhere else. Uh, we just haven't been able to find it yet, or develop the technology to be able to do it um but i think we will eventually so i do believe in extraterrestrials that have maybe visited earth whether they're you know so far so much more advanced than we are and have been able to to do it so yeah and there are some really creepy and cool videos and stuff online as well about extra extraterrestrials which are really cool so yeah, I think I think I do. What about you? Yeah, I think I agree. I imagine that we have been visited by some futuristic type of alien race, but yeah, they probably wouldn't be that interested in us. Um, mm. If they're able to travel to our planet, then that would suggest they are further advanced anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's, the universe is so big, it's, it's almost arrogant to assume that we're the only articulate beings out there yeah i i've got a few friends as well that have had alien experiences or what they would deem that to be but they the way that they speak about these events um they truly truly believe it happened and they're also slightly fearful when they speak about it i found like i've only known like two people that have had some sort of ufo experience and yeah both of them sort of hesitant about talking about it but very adamant that it happened and truly believe that it was aliens so i think that's quite interesting it's like a different kind of vibe to paranormal activity and like spirits i'd say absolutely yeah that's interesting they're kind of apprehensive about talking about it yeah the people the people in the roswell incident we're almost the opposite. You had a lot of people very happy to talk about this incident. <laughs> really? Indeed. Let's begin digesting mm. this story. So the Roswell incident is a pretty spooky tale of a small city in New Mexico 
and became the centre of a huge conspiracy. The incident has been described as the world's most famous, most exhaustively investigated, and now the most thoroughly debunked UFO claim. Oh, exciting. Like I said at the beginning, I actually remember learning about this in school, and I'm assuming that that wasn't the case for you. No way. I actually, I went to a Catholic high school and there would be no way that anything like this would be allowed to be taught there. <laughs> but yeah, really? I don't think in in most schools though, I can't imagine there to be like a topic on extraterrestrials. And... That's yeah, really it's really cool. weird. It was in like our mm. history class and for some reason they wanted us to learn all about Roswell. Maybe it was just the teacher was feeling lazy and it just meant they could stick a documentary on. <laughs> yeah, or just like found it really interesting. But I think that's really cool. I wish we would talk that. Mm. I certainly remember finding it very compelling at the time. Yeah. The story begins in the summer of 1947. The US Army conducted a press release that alarmed people around the whole of the United States. They claimed they had recovered a, quote, flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. Roswell is a city with a population of roughly 50,000 people, although it would have been even less back then. It's also home of the New Mexico Military Institute that was founded in 1891. Therefore, it's long been associated with military training and exercises. Despite this incident being named after Roswell, what unfolded actually took place about 50 kilometres away. Okay. At the time the USA was in the midst of a flying saucer craze after stories of sightings began to hit mainstream news. On July 5th, 1947, a rancher named Mac Brazil took a trip from his remote ranch into town. When Mac got to town, he learnt about all these recent sightings of flying saucers. People told stories of silver flying discs that would travel at incomprehensible speeds. Now, Max Ranch was actually very rural, and he didn't get any real access to media and information while he was there. So since his last visit into town, he'd actually not seen or heard of this like new craze of people witnessing in New Mexico these flying discs. Yeah, so he just wasn't aware of that going on completely isolated to that Com- yeah exactly completely isolated and, and out of the loop didn't know that yeah. that news was so prevalent okay but upon learning about these sightings mac began to realize that he'd found something on his ranch that sounded like it could be related a few weeks prior to his trip into town mac was heading out onto the ranch there Mac found debris that appeared to look like tinfoil scattered across his ranch. Among it included rubber and thin wooden beams. While confused at the time, Mac didn't really have anyone to consult with about it. So he decided to sweep all the debris up and put it into some bushes to dispose of it. Okay. However, during his trip into town... Mac learned about these flying saucer sightings. Consequently, he retraced his steps and gathered up the debris. 
basically going to the bushes and picking it Rabbit. back up again. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, how come? It, like, as in... So he he claims that he saw the debris before he went into town. I mean, there's no proof to corroborate either way that, you know, whether he heard about the flying saucers and then, oh, I'm just going to go pop to the shop and get some tinfoil, hide it in the bushes, and then That's kind of true. sort of stage it. Yeah, but... Mm. Interesting. Also, tinfoil, I think. I don't know, a tinfoil like, I suppose. But Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's meant to be a tinfoil like structure. Mm. But I mean, and this will all unravel a bit more. But interestingly, you know, you can kind of see okay, you find some weird stuff on your ranch. You don't think about it, you just tidy it up. It's just like, well, know, one of those... he tidies it, up, tidies it up, but he throws it in the bush. Like, wouldn't you have put it in the bin or like got rid of it properly? He, he com- <laughs> conveniently just went, oh, I might need that later and just chuck it in the bush. <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I guess it's 1940s rural America, so maybe yeah. there was less. He probably has quite a lot of hiding places on his ranch. He'd just be like, oh, screw it. I'll chuck this in the bush for now and deal with it later. Yeah, true. Very true. After gathering up the debris, Mac then took his findings to the sheriff's office. The sheriff, in turn, called the Army Airfields. The matter was assigned to a gentleman named Major Jesse Marcel. Mm. Major being his title, obviously, not his first name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mac took the Major back to the site where he found the debris and the two of them gathered up more of the strange pieces. The Major consulted with some of his senior colleagues about what was found. They ordered that the material should be flown to Fort Worth Army Airfield immediately. It was top priority. And the Major himself flew the findings to the airfield. Uh, The team at this airbase made a decision to do a press release before the debris had actually arrived or been properly identified. Wow. The public information officer for the base stated the following in the press release. So this is all a quote from the press release that that came out. The many rumours regarding the flying discs became a reality yesterday when the intelligence officer of the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force Roswell Army Airfields was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office of Chavez County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such time as he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Group Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Marcel to higher headquarters. Oh my god. That's a long quote. But yeah, they're basically recapping all of that and and making a big assumption that it relates to the flying saucer sightings. Yeah, without doing any proper research or investigation of the items and debris. 
they're really jumping the gun there and I probably maybe might bite them in the ass later on <laughs> by doing that. But well, it pretty quickly bites them in the ass because <laughs> as soon as the materials arrived to the airbase, the senior leaders identified the materials as pieces of a weather balloon kite. Oh, yeah, okay. A, a weather officer at the station explained to reporters that these devices were commonly used at 80 weather stations across the states. However, the news of a potential alien conspiracy was already out in the big wide world, and the people latched onto it. Well, it's also kind of scaremongering as well. I think it's kind of making people scared of the unknown. Like, like the public don't like hearing about something like, for example, aliens, where there's nothing that they can do to fix it or save themselves, or you know, if they feel like they're in danger. It just kind of probably like the momentum accelerates all of these stories like more and more. Like it just, I don't know. I don't think it probably do that great by hosting that press release. But no, yeah, I'm sure they probably regretted that decision. Yeah. Interestingly, though, even though it was this kind of press release that drew attention eventually, initially interest in the story faded. However, decades later, interest in the incident spiked again. The featuring of Roswell in books and TV series was enough to send people's thoughts into overdrive. The major from the original incident was interviewed again, and he had some interesting things to say that seemed to contradict the conclusions from the time of the incident. The major described how the press wanted comments from him at the time, but he did not have the liberty to do that. The Major said how one of his generals told the press it was simply a weather balloon, but that, quote, we both knew the truth. Ooh, mm. that's ominous. Indeed. Wow. They do like a drama. They, they just It's all very dramatic, isn't it? They do. They love a bit of drama. And this... Major seems particularly dramatic, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 1980, a book was released called The Roswell Incident. The claims in the book were that an alien craft was flying over New Mexico and Roswell, trying to observe nuclear weapon activity. However, according to the book, the craft was destroyed mid-flight after being struck by lightning. It also claims there were aliens on board that were killed in the crash, and that all of this started a governmental cover-up. Wow. All sorts of stories from people with connections to the incident began to come out. The son of Mac the Rancher claimed that the material his father recovered had super strength, not the sort of strength you'd associate with a weather balloon. He also claimed that on the metal pieces they recovered... There were alien markings. So like this foreign language, basically, all kind of like hieroglyphics. Okay, cool. Yeah, I watched, yeah. A, I watched a video with him in it and it was, he's like remade the pieces. So yeah, it is kind of spiralling at this point. There's more details being added to the story. Yeah, exactly. Because I think at the time there was no rumours of aliens being actually found. It was just a mysterious craft. Mm -hmm. 
There were claims that the debris pictured at the scene on the ranch was a broken weather balloon used to cover up the real debris. So basically the book insinuates that the alien spaceship crashed and then the debris from that crash was replaced with a weather balloon so that it could be claimed that it was a weather balloon. Okay, right, okay. So what what are you thinking so far? Do you think this could be a cover-up and a conspiracy or do you think uh, maybe people are already letting their imaginations run a little wild and it was simply a weather balloon? Uh, yeah, I think, unfortunately, like, I wish... I did believe it, but I do think it was probably a weather balloon. And people kind of want it to be aliens and kind of got very excited by this fact. And especially with some important people that are involved in the story, kind of, I don't know, like they, it kind of makes it more believable. And I think people have got very excited and it's all kind of got out of control. And maybe, maybe they should have waited before releasing the press release and then it's all kind of just yeah it's all kind of like a domino effect from that point but yeah no unfortunately i don't believe it <laughs> yeah i'm inclined to agree in 1991 a new report was published called ufo crash at roswell the report included testimony from a hundred new witnesses which is Kind of surprising or even funny, as it's almost 50 years since the incident's taken place at this point. So, where are all these new witnesses coming from? Oh my gosh. Yeah, surely they would have said something at the time. That's a lot of people, is that? That is a lot of people. The new statements contain details about military cordons and debris recovery operations. There were claims that senior members of the military were aware of bodies at the site of the wreckage. Bodies that were not of the human form, nor of any animal encountered before in the New Mexico desert. Oh. Yeah, spooky. Yeah, that is spooky. One of the new eyewitness accounts came from a mortician, Glenn Dennis. Supposedly, when Dennis watched a TV show about Roswell and the claims of alien bodies, he called the show's hotline with information about the events. So it sounds like Glenn Dennis was a mortician at the time of the of the Roswell incident. Mm-hmm. And supposedly at the time of the incident, Dennis received as many as five calls from the army base. They had been asking about body preservation and wanted to acquire small, sealed caskets. Ooh. Dennis even went so far as to claim a nurse he spoke to literally told him she'd witnessed an alien autopsy. Oh my gosh, okay. It's very elaborate, it's all kind of, yeah. Yeah, it is very elaborate. Lots of big claims going on. Yeah, yeah, lots of details. Dennis went on to create a museum devoted to Roswell. So was he someone with a genuine belief and interest in the conspiracy? Or did he just want to make some money from it, I wonder? Mm, it does beg the question. More and more books and reports were released. Some claims there were multiple alien ships that crashed at Roswell. Some claimed as many as eight alien bodies were found. Some famous hoax footage of an alien autopsy was released, supposedly depicting a scene after the Roswell crash, although eventually this was debunked. <gasps> 
Wow. Now, I have, I have got a clip for us to watch. It's very short. Okay. We'll listen to some of the witnesses from Roswell Talk about the aliens they saw, and we'll watch the debunked footage of the alien autopsy. Uh, so for the list- listeners at home, we won't include any of the audio from the alien autopsy because there isn't really any, but we will edit in some of the witnesses talking. Cool, so let's listen. Cool. They uh, were small. They had large heads for their size. They had very large heads that were shaped larger on the top, and they kind of tapered down. The heads were very much larger than than, than the body. It was out of proportion for the size of the body, the head. The eyes were very deeply uh, set back and set in. The amazing thing about the skulls that they were kind of flexible, that it wasn't, you know, like a hard skull. And Granddaddy said their heads were large, and the little suit that they had on was just, you, you couldn't, it was just like um, silk or something. And um, humanoid looking, human-esque looking, but not like us. Okay, so what did you make of the interviews, first of all? Yeah, so they're interesting. Um, It was, as you guys would have probably heard, it was multiple people giving witnesses of, you know, them seeing the aliens. And at the bottom, which you won't you won't see obviously you only hear it it kind of gives you the age of the people and a lot of them are like five years old uh, when they saw the alien but what i found really interesting was that it almost sounded like they all described the same thing pretty pretty much word for word like the out of proportion big head and it almost it kind of makes it less believable in my mind because you describe it how you want to. It kind of seems like they all kind of follow the same script and it, and they didn't really want to venture too far away from the script in case they get a fact wrong or it doesn't fit the storyline. But yeah, it, in, interesting. What did you make of it? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. The thing that jumped out for me was just like the level of detail that these people would go to. Yeah. Like someone's come up with this story about these little humanoid aliens running around in silver coats or whatever. I just find it fascinating because I don't believe it, but to hear them all talk so clearly about it Mm. as if it actually happened. But like you say, many of them are just regurgitating stories from a grandparent who might have just been making shit up. Oh, well, they were five at the time and again have probably been quite susceptible to implanted memories. It's just awesome though. It's kind of cool. It is. It's really cool. Do you think that they believe it? Do you think that it's so worked in that they believe what they're saying? Yes, I think so. I think they believe it. Yeah, same. Or I think they at least believe that the person that told them the details was telling the truth. Yeah, I do think so. I know we only watched about 10 seconds of it, but what did you think of the... Alien autopsy. Uh, alien autopsy, thank you. My mind went blank <laughs> It's okay. That was so creepy. That was like something from a horror movie. It's all black and white, and they've kind of just got this alien figure on the table, and they're cutting through, and they're like, 
footage of a real alien autopsy. And it's like, well, I don't know. It does look kind of horror movie-esque, but super creepy. But I don't, it, uh, again, I don't know how how believable it is. But it's super cool. Oh, it's fully, fully debunked. Yeah. It's definitely not real. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It's not real. I don't think it looks that real. It, it does just look like a horror movie, but super cool. I'm sure they probably had a lot of fun filming that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I think looking at it as well, you see the picture of the alien, and you're like, "Yeah, there's no chance that this was a real thing." Yeah. <laughs> but I guess people they didn't have that many great special effects at the time, so maybe I'm being a bit mean. Yeah. It did a pretty good job. They convinced a lot of people it was real for a while. That is true. I do think it it kind of depicts exactly how, you know, if you think about an alien, that is what you think of. Like, it it kind of fits fits that perfectly. It looks like an Mm. alien, as I would imagine. Absolutely. So, yeah, it would seem that the truth is that the talk of aliens were nothing but rumours. The United States government commissioned two reports into Roswell in the 1990s. The first report was about what the debris came from in reality. The outcome of that report was that the debris had come from a secret government project called Project Mogul. The project involved microphones being flown at high altitudes on balloons to try and detect sound generated by Soviet Union atomic bomb tests. So basically, it wasn't quite a weather balloon. It did have some secret nature to it. Okay. But it was still just a, uh, an aircraft that had been built on Earth. Yes, yeah, so it wasn't alien, but it was secret. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in the Project Mogul itself, mm-hmm. it did have minor success, but proved to be expensive. The project will likely be stained in time as the contributor to the Roswell incident. The explanation is that one of those microphone balloons had crashed for some reason, and that's what caused all the debris to wind up on Mac's farm. That's what led the military at the time to make the claim that the debris was a simple weather balloon, as they didn't want the Soviet Union to know about this top-secret project. The problem was that the balloons used in Project Mogul were not like simple weather balloons. They were significantly bigger and contained unusual type of materials, which could explain why people had some scepticism. Ah, I feel like because they were trying to cover it up, it just looked suspicious and it just kind of got out of hand. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so he didn't plant the material on his farm to recreate a alien spaceship that's like crashed down onto his farm which is kind of good in a way like it he probably was yeah very worried that <laughs> he probably did believe that there were aliens that were on his farm um mac was being honest yeah. he was being honest the whole time yeah uh, yeah i can't believe you doubted him for a second georgia <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know oh sorry no, it does sound a bit dodgy it's like oh i found this like massive debris on my farm a few weeks ago but Yeah, no, it was real. It really was one of the uh, Project Mogul balloons. Wow. The second report commissioned by the government was on why so many theories and rumours had come out about dead bodies. 
The conclusion of that report was that the reports of alien bodies were likely caused by transformed memories of accidents involving military casualties. Furthermore, the report claims that people were actively pushing conspiracies that they didn't believe to be true. Now, I'm not really 100% sure what it means by transform memories of accidents involving military casualties. I think mm. they're trying to insinuate that people have crossed wires, basically, and lost people at war or whatever, and just tied it to this incident somehow. But I think the reality is probably slightly simpler, which is just you're in a town, something weird but exciting happens, and people talk about it, and then... One person mentions aliens and then that becomes alien bodies and then it snowballs until everyone in the town's pretty convinced that there were dead alien bodies at the site of the crash. I think you're probably right. With like journalism and stuff like that, what sells papers is the more deaths, the more gores, the more like heinous crimes, morbid, like humans have a morbid curiosity. So I think, you know, people probably wanted there to be dead bodies uh, not in a you know in a weird sort of like way they want to make the story as exciting as as possible so by saying there's eight there are eight alien dead bodies there it's like yeah it kind of adds that excitement and adds a bit of flavor it does and i think i think that it's, it, that's how rumors start i feel like you know if there's been an incident in your village say you you know that story gets around like wildfire very very quickly and details are added and finesse and to that story and it ends up being a completely different story by the end of it um but yeah <laughs> can tell you can tell you're from a village <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> i used to work in a pub as well so you'd hear the stories go round once and then you get the second version on the way back it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> Get all the juicy goss and the, the V two point and three point <laughs> all the stories exactly. But hey, uh, before the end of this episode, here's one kind of interesting thing that may lend us to believe maybe there is something a bit more like a conspiracy going on. On twenty sixth of October two thousand and seven, Bill Richardson, who at the time was a candidate for the Democratic Party nomination for U.S. president was asked about releasing government files on Roswell. Richardson responded that when he was a congressman, he attempted to get information on behalf of his New Mexico constituents, but was told by both the Department of Defense and Los Alamos Labs that the information was classified. Which is weird, right? Because mm. if, there's still in, if there's still classified information, what's still left to be told on this story? What don't we know? Oh god, what I want to know what's in them. It's like yeah, me too. Being told, oh, I've got a secret, but I can't tell you. It's like ah, don't do that. <laughs> I need to know. Mm. Oh gosh, yeah, what is in them that's classified? Absolutely, we'll never. Well, we might know one day. Who knows? Hopefully, that's interesting. Oh, maybe it was aliens. Maybe, maybe. Over the decades, hundreds of people have been talked to as witnesses for the Roswell incident. It's a real case of quantity over quality, though. One researcher looked into the witness statements and had interesting findings. They looked through over 300 of the witnesses interviewed for the UFO crash at Roswell book. Of those 300, only 41 could be considered first or second-hand witnesses. 
of that 41, only 23 can be, quote, reasonably thought to have seen physical evidence and all the debris. And of those 23, only seven of them believed the debris could have been caused by extraterrestrials. Wow. So, what do you think? Was Roswell a real visit from aliens? Or is it a case of people's imaginations running a little wild? Mm, I think... Unfortunately, I think that it was probably imagination ran a little wild. I think that, as we know, that the balloon did fall on his property. He probably really truly thought it was aliens. I think it is weird that there's a classified file in the government uh, regarding this incident. I do. I'm sure that I've seen as well, like the the air force are very much into trying to search out for extraterrestrials in America. Like I'm sure I've seen lots of videos and reports and documentaries about them really trying to actively find aliens. Um so maybe I don't know maybe the classified file is that they've related other instances to this one and saying like it has similarities to or I don't know. But very interesting. I, but I don't think this time it was aliens. What about you? What, what's your final thoughts? Yeah, I don't think this one was actually aliens. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe there is something beneath the surface that we're not being told. I think frustratingly it's one of those ones that we'll never be able to say with absolute certainty. Yeah, yeah, we won't. Ah. Oh. Do you want to share the socials just in case anyone thinks we might be missing something? Yeah, sure. So you can send in your personal true crime or paranormal stories to our website, www.goringguiltypodcast.com or you can send the stories into our email address, goringguiltypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at goringguiltypodcast or on our Twitter at goringguilty. You can chat to us, leave some comments, have a look at some photos relating to the cases or episodes that we do. And yeah, if you really liked this episode and you enjoyed it, let us know. You can leave a review uh, on our website, leave a couple stars. That would be greatly appreciated. And remember, we won't judge if... Gore is your guilty pleasure. Woo! Thanks for listening. Thanks all. Bye.